Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Soroy. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for being a part of the brand new Winding Trails Media Podcasting Network. Um, if you had listened to Excelsior Journeys in the past, you'll notice that the URL for the Podbean station has been changed. It is now completely uh, changed into what is now the Winding Trails Media Podcasting Network. So you're not only getting Excelsior Journeys, but you're also getting uh, the syndicated episodes of Right Pack Radio. You're getting David Allen Lucas's new uh, Exploration Beyond show, and you're going to be getting a lot more in the future. So Really hope that uh, that you're going to stick with us and uh, see where this entire uh, network journey will take us. So um, if you haven't checked it out yet, just go to windingtrailsmedia.podbean.com uh, so you can subscribe, so you can comment, so you can like and share and just uh, you know tell everyone about what's going on. Now, uh, you've probably heard of the phrase, make love, not war. If you had seen, uh, seen Avengers Endgame recently, you'll, you'll have seen the very de-aged um, Stan Lee, the late great Stan Lee, saying the exact same thing with enough said bumper sticker during the 1970s uh, segment. Not going to say anything about that part, just going just gonna to mention that for those of you who haven't seen it. And by the way, if you haven't seen it, see it. Just, just go see it. Um, and... So there is that phrase, make love, not war, that was very, very popular in the 1960s through today. Um, I, as much as I love that phrase, there's another one that really sticks with me, and that's make art, not house payments. And a big reason why is because of the person that I have here with, with, uh, with us this week. Um, the phrase make, make art, not house payments basically just means doesn't mean don't make anything that's going to make money. Obviously, as an artist, as someone who wants to become an, you know, uh, an artist full-time and make that the source of my, of my income, just as it is with everyone, um, that's not what it means. What it means is don't sell out. You know, be true to yourself, be true to your vision, and focus on that. Don't focus on the trends that are out there. And um, a big reason why I hold on to that is because of our guest, which is uh, author Kendall Gray. Uh, now, Kendall and I have known each other in the social media circles for quite a few years. Um, I've been a fan of her books such as Strings, Beats, Nocturnes, and been uh, thrilled to hear all of the success that she's had with all of her other books. Since 2012, she has come out with 15 different full-length novels. And I am so thrilled that we get a chance to finally sit down and talk instead of having, um, instead of just typing to each other. We finally get to chat with each other and I finally get to find out what it is that really drives her forward on her own Excelsior journey. So without further ado, please let me introduce to you Kendall Gray. Kendall, how are you today? 
Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me, George. And thank you so much for accepting the invite. I really, really appreciate it. Um, we've, uh, it, there have been a couple of times when we have been uh, trying to make this interview happen. Unfortunately, schedules get in the way. And apparently, one big thing got in the way this past weekend, which was your, um, the latest convention that you had gone to. Yes. Tell us about what, what, uh, what you've just enjoyed and learned from. Um, it was called InkersCon, and um, it's Alessandra Torre. She's an author, a romance author. She mm -hmm. is the one who kind of is the brainchild of it. She put the whole thing together with the help of her sister and a whole bunch of other people. And it was really, it was amazing, first of all. Um, there were, uh, I think, I don't know how many people, probably about 150 authors, some of them aspiring authors, some of them established authors, just people who were looking to learn more about marketing, promotion, um, some crafting stuff was going on. I think they had a boot camp the Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday before the, the, the other part of the convention where I was. So um, it just really catered to people who are writing at any level. I mean, just starting out all the way to, you know, best-selling authors. And um, it was just really, really amazing. Uh, lots of great info. You know, you go through all these classes, these, these workshops and stuff, and you're listening and your brain's just like exploding over and over again. Yep. <laughs> That's, that was me. And I'm like, I got up this morning. I was like, wow, I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah. You just feel like you're, you're just all pent up and everything with energy, with inspiration and everything. You just want to just get it all out. You want, you're ready to just like run through a brick wall. That was like the writer's block. Yes. And you know, <laughs> tear right through it and get going on the next masterpiece that you have going. So um, I definitely know that feeling. I've been to several conventions myself, uh, several uh, conferences, and it's just been just a really great feeling. You really can't, I mean, obviously you can sell it because, you know, people are, you know, you have to pay admission. Um, but when it comes to, when it comes to that sort of feeling, like it's, you can't just bottle that up. You have to let it all out. You have to, you know, spread, uh, spread it out with the world. Now, um, one of the things that, uh, that you have been able to take advantage of recently has been the, uh, the venue of audiobooks. And I understand that uh, you now have two audiobooks that, that are out there in the world. Now, as an audiobook narrator myself, um, when, uh, when I heard about this and everything, I was thrilled, you know, to see that, uh, someone else was getting into the audiobook game. So how has it been for you so far? Well, it was, it's, first of all, like you said, very exciting. It's something completely new to me. I'm, I'm an avid listener of audiobooks, so I'm, I'm quite aware of, you know, the impact that they can have on readers. Um, and as I get busier and busier in my own just regular life, I find that I have to lean a lot more on audio because mm -hmm. I just don't have time to sit down and read like, you know, I used to. So um, I, whenever I get in the car, you know, my kids all have activities going this place, that place. And I just pop in an audio book and listen to that. Or if I'm doing the laundry or the dishes or something, you know, just mundane, I'm always listening to an audio book. So I, I'm really um, a big fan of it as a reader or listener. And mm -hmm. I know that it's a very fast growing um, industry, I guess. Um, so I thought, well, you know, people keep asking me, when are you going to put an audio book out? And I said, all right, I'm just going to bite the bullet and go for it. There you and go. I, yeah, I just hopped on ACX. It was very easy. I mean, for if there's any uh, authors out there thinking about doing it, I, I, I did it. I figured it all out my, on my own. I didn't have to rely a whole lot of, on other people. So it was, it was very easy, super intuitive. You know, you just go on there, you put out what you, you know, give a little description of what you're looking for and a blurb for the book and stuff and a, a sample and people just find you and then they, they audition and for strings um, it's my, it's a first book in um, a kind of a comedic erotica series mm -hmm. and it's by far my most popular book. So I thought that'd be a good place to start. Cause if I, you know, if I could sell that, I, you know, I know I have a, <laughs> I can keep going with it if it, if it worked out. And um, I just got super, super lucky with the narrator I chose. She, as soon as I heard her, I was like, okay, this chick is it. She is yeah. Lady Dillinger. Perfect. Mm -hmm. And so I narrowed it down to like maybe the top three or four who I thought could do it, even though I knew in my, in the back of my mind that, that Lessa was going to be the narrator. And yeah. 
I made my husband listen to him. I didn't say anything. I just like, what do you think? And he was like, that chick right there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we, we both were like, oh yeah, sold. It worked out great. And yeah, she, she is really, you know, um, having listened to the sample uh, myself and having gotten my copy of Strings already through Audible, I am very much, I am very much convinced that she is, Lessa is, and what's her full name? It's, it's Lessa Lamb, L-A-M-B. Lessa Lamb. Okay. Yes. Guys, you, you definitely want to pick this up. Uh, Lessa Lamb does a, a terrific job. And just as, uh, as you know, Kendall perfectly described it, comedic erotica, um, she's got a style of her writing that just, it just blows you away. It just keeps on making you either turn the page or clicking next, whatever, you know, like it's um, what, however, however you read it, whether it's in paperback or digital, whatever it is, it's a great read. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's definitely an NSFW you know, type, <laughs> type of read. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure Kendall will agree with me on that. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, God bless her for it. You know, so it's like I said, it's a fun read, and Lessa does an amazing job bringing that book to life. Um, so, with that in mind, is do you think um, do you have like other uh, characters in mind, other act, you know, like uh, narrators in mind to do the rest of the books? Because I know it's not just from Letty's point of view on the other right. ones. Yeah. Um, so there are five books in that series and they change, like the point of view changes for each book. So the first one is the the singer and the second one is the drummer and it goes on. So um, I, I have spoken to Lessa about, you know, the possibility of, of her carrying on with the other characters. And um, she did get to, to play some of the other characters, you know, as they're interacting in string. So we got a little right. taste of how she might narrate, you know, Jinx in book two or, you know, mm -hmm. racks in book three or whatever. But, um, you know, I haven't, I haven't set anything in motion yet about that. I'm just going to kind of wait and see how things go with, um, with sales for the audio, for the first audio book. And yeah. if it goes really well, then absolutely. Like I, I, the other thing that is really telling about all of this is that people who have listened to it have just gushed over less. I mean, they're like, this is the best narrator I've ever heard. And they're all just kind of going crazy. So I'm like, I would be stupid to try to, you know, mess that up. But um, I hope that if I do continue on with the series that she would hopefully be able to be the narrator for, for at least some of them. I think there's uh, nocturnes is told from two point of points of view. So I might look into getting like a dual one, like a man and, and her or whatever, but. Makes yeah. sense. And rock, you know, like that one brings back Letty yes. as well. So, you know, so you get to kind of, you definitely going to bring Lessa back for that one. Absolutely. Like for sure. If I did, if I got to rock, she would definitely have to do that one. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Now for, um, tell us just a, a little, little snippet about the whole Hard Rock Harlots series. Um, Cause I, it, it is, a, it is, a, like I said before, very fun read and something that uh, I'm sure a lot of people would love to hear about yeah it's um it's it is fun it's it's well mostly funny there's a few books that are a little more serious than the others but the first one is strings and it's definitely very over the top kind of wild crazy rock chick who she's just trying to make it you know she's a waitress at the at the barbecue shack in athens georgia and she's like i'm i'm better than this you know i could i can do so much more and she's just really really fighting to to you know be the rock star that she feels like she is and um it starts off with her on her on her 25th birthday and she's at the bar and um she's lamenting her <laughs> her life and uh notices the guy next to her and they start up a conversation and it ends up getting pretty raunchy <laughs> pretty fast oh yeah yeah <laughs> but um the next day she calls her manager or manager calls her and is like i've got you a tour there's only one problem you're touring with this other band that's their rival band that they all hate and they go to meet him and it turns out of course it's the guy that she did all this stuff with the night before <laughs> of course yep yeah. so and it just kind of goes downhill from there but <laughs> yeah um a lot of people say that you know they read the, the on the if you look on the blurb if you go on audible or or amazon or whatever um, you know, there's the, the description starts off with this really like two paragraph long warning about, you know, all the people who shouldn't read this book. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's meant to be really funny. And in fact, I wrote it as a joke. 
yeah I wasn't, I wasn't planning to use it at all but i just was like i think i was frustrated because um i don't know another book that i had written it it had a lot of things in the blurb but it seemed like some reviewers weren't really paying attention to that and i was a little irritated about it so i jokingly wrote this completely over the top blurb thinking ha 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 you know and i sent it to my husband and i said what do you think about this he was like you should absolutely use that and yeah. i was like really <laughs> and he said yeah do it and i did and i'll tell you what that blurb has sold me more books than anything else <laughs> it was the best idea i ever had <laughs> i i don't blame you i don't blame you for putting that in at all and i think that i think that was a brilliant idea to do that because it like you said it was it was a very it's a very funny blurb but at the same time it not only it basically just kind of you know puts puts it out there for anyone who would dare to put like a one star because like oh this is too this or that it's like oh, look at the description right yeah. there it's not like you have to hit a button to read that part you know like yeah. it's going to just show up right there right and it also does it in a way that reflects the tone of the series exactly which, which i think it which, which i think is fantastic because if someone is reading that and they get a kick out of it then all of a sudden this is going to be like well let's go ahead and see what the rest of this is right. like yeah, that and, blurb is legit. I mean, and yes. I tell people, I'm like, read the blurb. I'm like, read the warning, but not don't just read it, heed it, because I'm yes. I'm serious. It's funny, but it's also serious. So please pay attention. <laughs> right, right. So, so with that in mind, did you have like the bring the same sort of style, the same sort of attitude to the other books that you have? Like I know, uh, the other book that just came out on Audible was Room. Right now, that one is obviously a very different type of story. Yes. Correct. From, from Hard Rock Harlot. So yes. uh, what, what, uh, what was that experience like dealing with that one? Um, you mean just the blurb or uh, the, story yeah, itself? The, the audio, the, um, Oh, right. The audio. The audio. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. That one. Um, it's funny. I got, I got a lot more people auditioned for Rune for the audio than strings, which kind of surprised me. I didn't expect that, but there were a lot of people who were interested and they liked the, that blurb too, because it's, it's kind of got a nice little twist at the end of it. Um, and so there was a lot of interest and it's been really good too. Um, it hasn't gotten as much, you know, interaction or traction as strings had, but I didn't really expect it to because most of my readers are erotica readers. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the disadvantages I will say of sticking with the same name for multiple genres is that, you know, I have built a following or a readership mostly based on my erotica books. Yeah. And so when, you know, I have a new book out, people are like, well, you know, is it like strings? And I'm, mm, no. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so there's a little bit of a disadvantage to that. And the yeah, same yeah. thing holds true with, you know, if somebody finds Ruined and is like, oh, wow, this was great. I want to go and look at your back catalog. And then they're finding, you know, strings. It's totally different books. Yeah. Um, and in fact, Ruined, <laughs> for all the F-bombs that Strings and Hard Rock Harlots has, there's one F-bomb in Ruined. I, I mean, it's like PG-13, which is yeah. probably, for me, it's the tamest book I've ever written. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of dealing a little bit with that. I, I, you know, have all these people got hooked on strings and they're like, what's next? And I'm like, well, ruined. And they're like, oh, <laughs> I don't really read under urban fantasy. That's kind of so, how I, kind of how I dealt with, uh, dealt with from parts unknown because I really, I hold that one, you know, like that five part serial in very high regard. And it barely gets like, it barely gets any sort of reads at all. Um, mainly because, it's such a it's such a niche market it's such a you know like a niche sort of genre with like um science fiction sports you know like mm -hmm. and it's also has adult characters and quite a bit of adult language quite a bit of violence that, that uh, that's in there that's not the same sort of comic book style action that's in the excelsior books which have zero profanity at all you know right. so it's, it's, I get it. I totally get it. But it plays right into the phrase that you said several years ago, make art, not house payments. Right. Because if you just wanted to stick with what was making, you know, what was making money, you would have just stuck to that one genre, but you got stories that you want to tell, you want to get out there and you want to be true to those. So right. definitely get, you know, get, you know, get those by all means, get those out there because 
the great thing about these books, about writing in general, especially this day and age in this digital era that we're in right now, is that they never go out of print. They never right. go out of style. And they will eventually find their audience, no matter what's out there. So the best you can do is keep doing what you're doing, is create your catalog. And yes. you're off to a great start with this. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm sitting there just like, okay, well, I kind of have three books, but then if you count from parts unknown, it's really seven, you know, like, you know, as, as five part serials, like, uh, I, you know, like, but I, I've been doing that since, you know, shuffling back and forth since 2008, really. Wow. So yeah, it's just, you know, there's only like that sort of range that I have right now. So seeing the kind of work that you've been doing since 2012, it's been fantastic. So so with that in mind, let's go back to the very beginning. Let's go to that lightning bolt moment that you had that made you say, I want to go in this direction. I want to be a writer because I, I'm sure you can, you can agree with this, that it's not exactly you choosing to be a writer. It's kind of writing choosing you. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right in a lot of ways. Um, I... Uh, some people already know that I'm like a huge whale fanatic, which is a strange thing to be, but um, I ended up doing, uh, taking a class actually through the University of Georgia uh, for that. <laughs> funny enough, I had a friend who was working on her PhD in education. I used to be a teacher and that's how I knew her. And mm -hmm. uh, she was telling me I'm doing uh, my dissertation on this class that they call the whale class. And it's all about um, her, her basic idea was that you learn best when you are immersed in whatever the topic or the content is that you're trying to learn. Makes sense. And mm -hmm. so what they did is they partnered with Cape Ann Whale Watch out of Gloucester, Massachusetts. And um, what we would do is the people who were in her study, we were in the class. And part of the class was that we would go out on this whale watch boat every day, sometimes a couple times a day, and we would learn everything we could learn about the whales, and then we would teach it to the passengers, because they already had interns on the boat, and we just kind of shadowed them, and then we, uh, as we were learning, we were teaching other people on the boat as well, and um, anyway, long story short, I mm -hmm. completely lost my mind when the first time I saw a whale, and was like, this is the best thing that I've ever seen in my whole life, wow. <laughs> and it really, it just changed me. So I uh, just totally fell in love with whales. And from then on, every summer, I would go back up to Gloucester, watch the whales, and just be in my happy place. And mm -hmm. one summer while I was up there, I uh, picked up Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. And, and I hadn't been much of a reader at all at that point. I you know, would read occasionally, but not much. And I just read Twilight and was like, oh, this is so good. And you know, whatever you want to say about it, it, it hooked me. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd feel the same about it today as I did then. And I, I don't, it doesn't matter because it was, it was life changing for me. So I fell in love with this book and I was like, and I devoured, of course, all the other ones. And then I was like, you know, I think I could write a book. Mm -hmm. I could write a book about whales. I could write a book about a whale biologist and I love rock stars. I could make a book about a whale biologist who falls for a rock star. And it's crazy. And it's like, it was like this crazy idea that just went all over the place. It's like whale biologist rock star who uh is actually a sentinel like a protector of human beings because i also love uh you know the fantasy elements of things so yeah it had to get i had to throw that in and then elementals so there's earth air fire and water and nice. the elementals are all fighting and you know it just went on and on it just snowballed into this crazy wild story that's a little bit all over the place, but I still love it. Like I was talking to a friend about it this morning and I was like, that book, that first book was called Inhale. And, um, and it, it, I can look back at it now and say, you know, I spent four years writing that book and, and rewriting that book. I rewrote it like 13 times. And, you know, I tried to get an agent and the agents weren't interested. I tried to get an editor to, to get on board. The editors were like, no. So finally I said, you know, I'm just going to self-publish this. And, and I did. And it's a good book. I mean, it definitely has problems. I can look back at it now in hindsight and say, yeah, I should have done this, should have done that, you know, whatever. But I did learn a lot from it. And I do believe that though the first one is a little rocky in places, I think that the other two that follow are much better. And so I'm looking at it like this is a learning experience, you know, 
the more I write, the better I get, the more I learn, you know, the better I can handle things and figure things out. And, you know, I took classes, I went to conferences, did workshops, read all the books, did everything. And so, you know, the bottom line is you got to start somewhere and that's where I started. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so you go, so you have that trilogy Yes. And then what, uh, what came next for you? What was the, um, how, how did it feel like actually like kind of getting your work out there? Was it getting responses? Was it getting some uh, feedback for you? Were you getting people reaching out to you via like social media or something asking like, when's the next one coming out? What was yeah. that sort of, what, what was that experience like? Well, this was back in 2012 when the first one came out. So mm-hmm. um, that was a very different publishing landscape than what we have today. So it was, you know, True. self-publishing was still a little bit, it's kind of at the end of its infancy, I think, around that point. So there were still, a, there was a lot of room for people to step up and fill in like the various niches. So um, yeah. Inhale did, it did okay. It wasn't like spectacular, didn't hit any lists or anything like that, but um, once the second book came out, the second one was called Exhale, and then the third was Just Breathe. And mm-hmm. um, another author told me, hey, you know, if you put your first book for free or 99 cents, mm-hmm. then a lot of times it will trigger people to pick it up. And then if they read it, then they get hooked. They'll read the second, third, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I put it for free for a while. And I it was like I had a lot of downloads. Like, way more than I expected. I think I had like 40,000 downloads in like two days or one day. Wow. So for me, that was like, whoa, you know, and <laughs> yeah. then, you know, you think about, all right, say, even say 10,000 people download your free book. Mm-hmm. If even a quarter of those, or say even 10% of those read it and like it, mm-hmm. then, you know, you've got the, the guaranteed buy through to the next book. And a lot of times to the third book. So you have to, you know, I kind of looked at it like that. Well, of course, you know, you got to have money to keep your business going, but at the same time, you got to pull readers in as well. Otherwise you're not going to sell anything. So anyway, that was kind of how I dealt with it. And I did get a good read through um, from exhale and just breathe after that, which to me paid off well enough. Excellent. Yeah. So, um, so after that whole experience, after getting the whole trilogy out there, um, what sparked the idea for the next story and what, which one was that? So after just breathe, um, that was, I, I finished it all up and, you know, in my heart, I had lots of other ideas cause I'm just, honestly, I'm an urban fantasy girl at heart. I love urban mm-hmm. fantasy. It's my jam. And, um, I really wanted to continue with that, but at the same time, it, I knew I was watching the market and this is when, you know, 50 shades of gray and all these other like erotica books started becoming a lot more popular. And gotcha. I was like, yeah. all right, so <laughs> I can keep doing urban fantasy and, you know, make okay money. But if I really wanted to build my readership, what if I just tried this erotica thing? Mm-hmm. And so that's where strengths came in. And it was, um, in some ways, it was a, a little bit of a, well, if this is what you want, I'm going to give it to you, except I'm going to give it to you on my terms. And the whole, you know, like you were talking about make art, not house payments. That was in rock. That was the, the phrase that Letty kept saying. And it, because in, in a lot of ways, Letty is me, you know, not all the mm-hmm. sexual stuff. I'm, I'm just talking about her personality. Her personality yeah. is like, you know, I'm going to fight, fight, fight and do whatever I got to do. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would rather make art than make house payments. Now, the fact of the matter is you got to make some money because you do have to pay your bills. And so at some right. point you, you, you can if you want to call it selling out, I mean, whatever word you want to call it, um, you can do other things that you might not be as wild about in order to get to the things that you are wild about. I think it's yeah. okay to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. I think, I think so. Yeah. You know, like basically like what, uh, what in the way that, like I said before, what I, the way that I interpret make art not house payments is to basically tell the story that you want to tell and worry about the market later. Worry about yeah. the market, you know, in the future and everything. Like it's, if you have like this burning desire to tell this specific story, and if it happens to be in the genre that's really hot right now, then fabulous, go for it. Right. But you're not selling out. You just happen to be telling a story that you want to tell that it just so happens a lot of other people want to read or want to hear. 
Yeah. Um, I remember um, there's a great documentary called Tales from the Script. I think it's still on Amazon Prime, but um, it talks to like a whole bunch of different screenwriters. And one of them is Steven D'Souza, who, is, who made his bones as being the one of the go-to screenwriters for action films. Mm-hmm. And he, he says in there, I, you know, he considers himself very lucky that he just happened to have come into his own during a time when the type of stories that he wanted to tell were the ones that everyone wanted to go see. So right. you make no apologies for that. You go, you take it and you run with it. You're not selling out. You know, it just so happens that you're tapping in. That's what you're doing. You're right. not, you know, it's not selling out. It's tapping in. Right. And the, and the other thing is like, with, like I said, with strings, I, I sort of was like, all right, well, that's the genre you want. Well, I'm going to do what I want with that genre. And so it was in a way I was looking at it like a compromise between the reader and me. Like, yeah. okay, I'll give you what you want. You're going to get it the way I want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so did, you have, did you have a full series planned out for Hard Rock, Hard Rock Harlots? When, uh, or was it just like, let's get strings out first and see where that takes us? Yeah, I, I honestly, I wrote strings and I thought this probably won't do anything. I mean, if it does, great. But mm-hmm. I never expected it to really, I mean, I thought, yeah, they'll, you know, erotica readers might like it. But um, I didn't expect it to be, you know, my best selling book, which is yeah. it's to this day my best selling book. So, mm-hmm. um, I, and I, but I, in my mind, I left the possibility open. It was definitely one of those, well, I have all these other characters within that I've already built in here and I can always write about them later, but I had no direct plans to do it from the get go. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. So, so strings comes out and it hits and yes. all of a sudden, you know, that's where, you know, like where was that where people were asking you for more or was it just like, you know, were you just kind of throwing it out there to your readers? Just like, well, I have more if you want to, if you want to read it. No, they, they asked for it. I wasn't like, I was, I was open to writing more, but I, you know, I was kind of, people were like, I need book two. I'm like, there is no book two. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let me get on that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. And the thing is, is I left it open-ended enough that I can always go back and add more books. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I, I say it's a complete series. Well, it's complete for now. That doesn't mean I can't add more. And I mean, if an idea hits me and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm waiting, I'm like, hello, Letty, speak to me anytime now, you know, I would be happy right. to write more of that because I enjoy those characters a lot. And, yeah. and even though it's not my preferred genre to write, I still, enjoy it enough that it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a job i mean it would be right. it'd be fun yeah oh yeah you know like because um when you when you said that uh you, you know you're gonna you're gonna get what you want but you're gonna get it my way it almost sounds like um like you said how letty is you so does that mean the readers are shades <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't know <laughs> i never really thought about it like that maybe um yeah. i don't know yeah, I, I have to ponder that. <laughs> definitely, you know, they're they're coming back for more apparently. So yeah. Um, so yeah. so with, so with that in mind, you have in book two you have beats. So you have Jinx the drummer, right? right. So are there elements of you and her as well, or is that some is it a someone else that you, other sort of dynamic that you were just kind of playing on for for her? Uh, I don't think she's not really me. I mean, I guess there are probably parts of her in me, but, or mm-hmm. me and her, whichever way, <laughs> whichever yeah. way it goes, but not as much. I mean, def- Letty is definitely much more me than any of those other characters in that series. Letty is like her personality is kind of a copycat of mine, but, but blown up, like, you know, yeah. completely blown out of proportion. It's me times like infinity. <laughs> It's almost like it's almost like you're. Um, it's it's like if you were to dress up as Letty, say like in a wrestling ring. Yes, know, that's the sort of like persona that you would take, like somebody that can reach from the ring all the way up to the highest seat out there in the arena. Yes, yes. Letty yeah. is big. She's just that's a good word for her. She's just really big. She, her personality yeah. just kind of. She walks into a room. She eats up all the air. That's just Letty. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Nice. I so, love her. Uh, yeah. So. So beats come. So did beats get the same sort of, um, same sort of success? I know that you said strings was like the, your biggest seller. Right. But were the were the readers coming back for beats and still asking? Yeah. For yeah. They. I. I think. Um, 
I did have a lot of success with beats. Obviously, I mean, anytime you have a series, the first one's always going to do the best. You know, mm -hmm. what I've, for me, and I, I think it's probably similar for most people, you know, you, you've, the first book does the best. The second one, you know, you might get half or maybe 60% read through. Then the third is, you know, kind of cuts it in half again or 60%. It, it, you know, it dwindles as it goes, which only yeah. makes sense because some people get turned off by something or they get tired of it or whatever, and that's fine. Or it takes um, too long to, to come out with, which is what I'm dealing with right now. So yeah, I yeah. totally get it. You know, it took, yeah. it took five years to get Ever Upward out there. And, you know, the fact that it's barely making a blip in, in, right at this time is, you know, driving me nuts because it's my favorite out of everything I've ever written. So, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, have you done advertising? Okay, here we go. Talking about talking shop. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like, and that's the thing. It's just like it, um, it came out. It came, I, was, I was hoping to do like a sort of like a pre-order kind of kind of build up for it, but I didn't really have the time to do it. We had to just kind of get it out as quickly as possible because we had some other, um, we had some uh, um, other, um, other thing, other requirements that we had to just, you know, that we had to make other, you know, different uh, deadlines that needed to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. Had some upcoming events and everything that I had to make sure that I had the books on hand for. Right. Uh, you know, but, um, but at the same time, um, at my last signing, at my last book signing, just a couple of weeks ago at Barnes and Noble, it did very well there. Um, I was able to get you know, like about seven copies out of the ten that were there sold. Yay! Um, thankfully, you know, because I basically just said, you know, said that you know, like if uh, if you take the chance on both Excelsior and Ever Upward, then you'll get like this, uh, you'll get a free tote up at the front counter. And um, based on based on the sales that I went through and my and uh, my. Uh, fellow writer Rebecca Jacox, since we did the signing together, based on the traction that we got uh, for both of our parts, part ones and twos, uh, we wound up selling. I think we wound up being about seven totes total. So wow, I, I'll take that as a as a as a win any day. Hey, you uh, know, one sale is a win. That's what you have to keep in mind. I mean, I have to keep telling myself the same thing. You know, if you can sell one book, especially yeah. to somebody who's never read your work before, that's yeah, a potential. Exactly for many more books, you know? Exactly, and that's what I'm really holding on to. And, and the, um, the, the opinions that I've gotten from the people that have read, that have read Ever Upward so far say that um, are really liking it and saying that it is better than the first one. And I love the first one to death, you know, like, and I will stand by that one as always. But at the same time, I needed to go a lot further with what I needed to do with Ever Upward to tell that story. And I'm really glad that it's working. Um, and it's really inspiring me to really kind of keep pushing forward to get part three done. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause that's what I'm stuck working on right now. So, um, but enough about me, let's get back, let's get back to you because you had another, you had your part three, you had nocturnes, which yes. took a different direction from the, uh, um, a little bit because um, you added uh, two points uh, POVs instead of one. Yeah. On that one. And, uh, and a lot of the, a lot of the action was taking place away from the band. Right. So, you know, so, um, which I, you know, like I remember being like, you know, kind of taken with, I was just like, wow, that's a, that's a, that's a very risky direction to do with your part three. Cause like people are kind of expecting the same thing, the way that you were able to twist it around and still give them something that was there only in a completely different way. Mm -hmm. that, was that the intent just to kind of like, just to mix it up a little bit because it was part three. Uh, you know, I didn't really intend for it to go that way at all, but it was one of those things where at, when I sat down to write it, it that's how it came out. And I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> like, yeah. I want it to stay, because you, you establish kind of a pattern with a female lead point, you know, first, PO, first person POV in the first book, the same thing right. in the second book. Now, all of a sudden, in the third book, you've got first person POV, two points of view, male yeah. and female, and it does it is a little bit jarring and I had some readers who complained about it and I, I totally get it. Like I don't hold anything against them for that. I, I understand. And I didn't want it to play that way, but I couldn't get it to come out any other way. I felt like if I only told it through one of their points of view, it wasn't going to be as effective mm. for whatever yeah. reason. I don't know. It just, it, that's how it came out. Gotcha. And gotcha. then it, I went back to the first person for, um, 
rock and bang. So it kind of, yeah. that was my little weird blip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I still, you know, like, I really love that book. I love, I love all of those books for different reasons. Like there's something to me that something that speaks to me in each one of those books for in a different way. Yeah. And which I, which I totally get. And you know, like, I felt like rock was almost kind of like slipping back into like a pair of comfy shoes. Almost. Yes. Like, really yes. like, okay. You know, like I know this, I very familiar with this character and I know that, you know, like her readers are as well. So it, it did feel almost like a homecoming kind of feeling with that one. Definitely. And it, yeah. and it, you know, that the other thing about rock was, um, I think of all of those characters, Letty, I already said, Letty's the one I identify the close, identify with the closest or most. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so it was the easiest for me to slip back into her. And I think if I were to write more books in that series, if, at least if I write one more, it would probably have to go back to Letty again. I just, I, I get her, you know? Yeah. And ba and Bang is that you know bring going back to Jinx? Bang is the the manager Jillian. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and that one, you know, I knew that one was going to be risky because she's a lesbian, and so there's you know it, there's a lot of lesbian stuff in there, and my readers are you know probably mostly more interested in you know male female erotica or menage or whatever, but. I felt like she had a story to tell as well. Mm -hmm. And so I just told it. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, absolutely. And with, with this sort of, with this sort of series, there's definitely something for everyone. You know, like yeah. I, I, I can, I can safely say that. Yeah. There is something yeah. for everyone, whatever, you know, it gets you going as long as you heed that, that, uh, that paragraph yes. in the description, you know, by all means, if you read that, that's really just like you're in or you're out. You know, it's just like if you're if you're still in after reading that, you know, no complaints about the the type of the the temperatures that things are going to go to, you know, with, right. with that. So um, so then to go ahead and get back over to um, what 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 was what was the feeling of like uh, while you were doing that, you were also um, in addition to working on the Hard Rock Harlots, you were getting other books off the ground at the same time. Right. Yeah, so um, after Strings, I can't remember if I did Beats first. I don't remember the order, but maybe I did do Beats first. But somewhere in the middle of Hard Rock Harlots, I came up with a completely different idea for um, a family in Hawaii, because Hawaii is another thing that I love. And um, I went whale watching on the island of Maui and fell in love with Maui in addition to the whales. So um, I kind of got really hooked on uh, Hawaiian culture and um, just the mystical kind of qualities of the islands and fell in love with just the, the awesomeness of it all. And I came up with this idea. So it's a family of a sister and her three brothers who lose their mother in a car accident and uh, the, they have to make... Um, they they end up having to they turn to drug to selling drugs to kind of make a living it's not something they want to do but it's really they're kind of their only option and um it it has the first book is called hot-blooded and it's the ohana series because ohana means family and they're that's kind of their their gui guiding force is that ohana is everything and um, they'll do anything to protect each other, including like kill people. <laughs> yeah. So um, that series is, has a supernatural element to it that is in the first book, pretty subtle, mm -hmm. but it also FYI ties in to the Just Breathe series in a very uh, subtle way. So nice. yeah, it, there's a, there's, there's stuff going on and there's a connection between both of those series. So that family uh, the first book is hot-blooded the second one just came out in february it took me years before i kind of got back to it and the really? second book is about one of the brothers and there's one more book i have planned that i have not written yet but it's on my you know to-do list and then that'll finish right. out that series nice yeah that sounds great that sounds great yeah and so you know like so you're starting so you're starting that one were you getting the sort the um a a really good 
feedback for that first one that you got that uh, that you got out there? Yeah, it, there was good feedback on it. Again, it was a completely different book. So some of the erotica readers who were, you know, expecting ha ha ha, you know, like Letty, were, yeah. may have been a little disappointed because it's a like it's a dark book. It's not funny at all. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's heavy. And so mm -hmm. I think some people might have been a little let down by that, but the ones who, you know, like that sort of thing seem to seem to have enjoyed it. So, anyway, it was an experiment and it was again one of those this is what I want to write, so I'm going to write it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um so what the uh, what um so you have the, you know, you have uh the Hard Rock Harlots books. You have the Ohana books, you know, going. And what um what else what else has been stirring in you that made you want to uh, get back over to writing something else? Like, what's the what are the latest ones that uh, that you've come out with since? Yeah, I did I did a few just kind of standalones in between. Um, I have I have one that was called Ghosts, and I wrote that one. I was having a major depressive episode at the time, mm -hmm. and I was struggling to write anything. So I took a class because I was trying to get motivated. And one of the things that I really found important or that I took away from that class was that the person who was teaching the class said, you have to write every day and that you can write a minimum of 500 words every day. Everybody can write 500 words. And, you know, when you're kind of like spiraling in the depths of despair, <laughs> you're kind of like, no, yeah. I can't. <laughs> it, it, it is rough, you know, to get like one word in front of the other when you're when you're trying your hardest to get something out there and then just fe feel stuck. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's a it's a terrible feeling like there is. It, I've yeah. been I've been struggling with that so much with this part three that it is just driving me nuts. Like, I mean, at the same time, like I know I can get it done, but it's just like, OK, now let's sit down and let's get this done. Yes. One. Yeah. Day, <laughs> just like ah, just, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, so yeah, I definitely know that feeling. Um, yeah. So, well, yeah. that one, what I did with that, which I, t I was like, you know, I'm going to challenge myself. So what I did is I told myself, you're going to write 500 words a day. Yeah. And you're going to start a new book, and what you're going to do is write a 500 word scene. 500 mm -hmm. words. It's short. It's like a page, if that. And yeah. I said. And to make it an extra challenge, it has to be exactly 500 words. It cannot be 499 words or for 520 words. It's going to be 500 words exactly. Really? And so when I did that, it was like, okay, some days it would take me, I'm not kidding you, all day to write 500 mm -hmm. words. And yeah, some yeah. days I got up, I wrote my 500 words, I went about my business, everything was great. But what ended up happening was I wrote an entire book and then I started I, the first part of the book. I don't know how many scenes that is, but it's all each one of those first X number of chapters are exactly 500 words. That's then the fantastic. second part of the book, I started doing 500, 1,000, 1,500 oh. and mixing it up. And, and it actually parallels what's happening with the character. And I don't want to I don't want to tell you what that is, but it would spoil everything, but it's, it kind yeah, of, yeah. the word counts actually kind of mirror what's going on with this character. And then by the third part, I had kind of got my groove back. And then I was like, all right, in part three, it's a free for all. I write whatever the chapter requires, there but it go. was really a fun way to not only kick myself into like getting off my butt and doing something, but also to try to tell a story in a unique way. And um, it wasn't a very popular book, but I'm, I am really, really proud of that book. I love that book just Very because good. it was so different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it, the way that, uh, the way that you did that with the 500 words and then 5,000, 1,500, mm -hmm. it reminds me of what DC Comics did back in 93 when they did the whole Death of Superman um, storyline because for the last uh, four issues, including the big one, number 75, where he actually dies, you have, um, what they did was great because uh, they had a page, each page in the one that was like the fourth one away from the, the final uh, issue, there were four panels per page. And then in the next one, there were only three panels per page. And then the next one, there were only two panels per page. And then for the big one, number 75, 
every single page in that issue is one big splash page. Oh, wow. That is cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah like it's, it's something that you, it's, it's so subtle, but at the same time, it just ratchets up the tension more yeah. and more. So it's kind of like what you did with that. That's a really great way to, to do that. To really kind of, um, it's almost like you're focusing your reader just kind of like, you know, to feel, to go through that journey with that character. Yeah. It's like when, when you're meeting someone really for like the first time, you're only meeting like tiny little bits and pieces of that person. It's mm -hmm. only when you get to know them more, that's when you get those greater details. Yeah. Wow. That's so very that's cool. Yeah, that's a great way to uh, to to do that. So, um, so tell us a little bit about what your latest ones are right now, because you know the one thing I, I truly love about you is you just keep on, you're you're staying busy. You're constantly yeah. to improve yourself, and that's something that I greatly admire, and it's something that I think a lot of other writers should uh, should as well. So, tell us a little bit about what's in the it's it's what's in the pipeline right now. Okay, um, and thank you for that. Um, I just, so Ruined, the book that just came out, was one of the, my, uh, my own personal passion projects. Um, mm -hmm. I love Norse mythology. Nice. I love Loki, because mm -hmm. who doesn't love Loki? And of course, like you watch the Marvel movies, it's like Thor and Loki, and they're awesome, and I could just watch them all day. And mm -hmm. anyway, I uh, just really got on a big Norse mythology kick, and I decided that I wanted to write a book about Loki, but you know me, I had to put a twist on it. So Loki, uh, the Norse god, wakes up in 2019 in a block of ice and discovers that he has breasts and he is not a he anymore. <laughs> he is a she. Wow. And he's I... like, what? <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, and, and it was like, okay, that, it, that in and of itself was enough to make me like, yes, I have to write this book. So the story <laughs> is... Look for you kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you read the Norse myths, you, and I have people say this all the time, well, Loki changed into different things. You know, he, he, would, he snuck around as an old woman when, you know, Frigga was looking for, uh, was trying to get everybody to feel bad about Balder dying and all this, and he changed into a horse and then he had, he gave birth to Sleipnir and, you know, he's, it's, this isn't really unique, but what yeah. is unique in my opinion about my book is that in all of the other instances in the myths, he could always change back. He's yeah. stuck. He is a woman now. Oh man. And he, he's not getting out of this body. He is a woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that to me was the difference. And it's really fun because you know, this guy shows up and he, you know, tries to help him hurt. And that's the other thing that's funny is I, I refer to Loki now sometimes as he and sometimes as she. <laughs> right. So he's kind of fluid. Some, and so anyway, if you hear me say she, you'll know I mean Loki. But um, gotcha. anyway, a guy shows up, tries to help him, her. And uh, anyway, she starts like going, hey, he's he's kind of cute. <laughs> and wait a minute, wait, I don't like guys. What's this about? <laughs> it's the whole thing of like, I have these hormones. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to do with them. And I kind of like him, but I shouldn't. And, mm -hmm. and then, you know, of course, there's the reincarnated uh, Odin's Raven, Hugin shows up reincarnated as a chicken. Oh, it's great. As another layer of hilarity to the whole thing. So it, it was really, really fun to write. I just, I haven't had that much, honest to God, I have not had that much fun writing a book since I wrote Strings. Really? Yeah, I wow. really enjoyed it. And so now, great. yeah, I'm on, I'm starting, a, I'm about, about a quarter of the way through on book two now of that okay. activity. So yeah, Loki is, is going to be back. Nice. And you have, and you ruined is also the other, um, audiobook, correct? Yes, yes. That's, and so what was that, uh, what was that experience like getting to hear the voice of Loki in that situation? It was fun because uh, for the, for the auditions, you know, I, I am still new to audio, so I don't really know exactly what I'm doing. I have to kind of play around with things, but um, it was fun because the auditions were, you know, people were using all kinds of accents. Um, mm -hmm. We had, you know, British accents and Scandinavian accents and, you know, American accent. Anyway, it was just, it was fun to just listen to all the variations 
on the theme and um the the narrator i chose is named natalie duke and she i just really liked her for loki i thought she had good kind of comedic timing and what you need for this kind of thing um and so yeah there were that one was really hard though because there were so many good ones it was one of those oh my gosh i have like 10 i could any one of them could be great you know yeah so picking her was a little harder but um, I'm real happy with how it came out and um, yeah, it's just, it just whisper synced the other day. So now it's all ready to go. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Definitely can't wait to hear that one. Thank so you. what do you, what, uh, what kind of advice do you have for other authors that are, that are in their own, that are stuck in their own heads that are trying to get, you know, one word in front of the other uh, that are trying to get their voice out there. Um, what sort of advice do you have for them? First of all, you got to write. I mean, and, and this is, I, I say this, it's like, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Um, it's, it is imperative. You just, you cannot publish a book until you get those words out. And there are going to be days where every word is like a struggle to get it out. And every yeah. word just sucks. And the next mm-hmm. day you're going to delete them all because they were terrible and the thing about never it, delete. never delete. That's what yeah. I, that's why I always say cut and paste. Do not yes. open up a new document if you have, but do not, do not authors everywhere. Do not delete your work. Cut and paste. Thank you. There, I should have said that. You're right. Yeah. I do actually keep files of, of this is ruined cuts or whatever. Yeah, I do. Yep. I do. do that. But I mean, the point is that, you know, you can't edit a blank page. So yeah, keep, keep writing know that some of it's going to suck, know that you're going to have to get rid of some of it and revamp it or re like redo the whole thing. I mean, I have, here's the other thing is I've got two other books written completely. Like the drafts are done. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're spinoff for the just breathe book. So it's the, it's one of the, the most popular characters in that series was a fire elemental who was kind of like the villain, one of the villains who ends up sort of redeeming himself um but he's one of the most popular characters in all of that everybody loves him and i was like i love him i want to write his story so i spun off uh i have a planned four book series for that with him and several of the other characters from the just breathe books and i wrote that book i wrote the second book and i hired a guy uh who used to be the I can't remember exactly his title, but he, he was one of the big higher up editors at Random House. And he, he's one of these people who knows what he's doing. Oh, and wow. uh, he, uh, <laughs> he edited both of those books. And it was like, when he started to send me back the comments for um, Channeling Fire, which is the one, the fire guy, uh-huh. he had to send it to me in three pieces because it broke microsoft word how many wow. comments he had on it so i was oh, like my. oh <laughs> uh, yeah. those two books are and and he said he loved it mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm like wow oh i still got a lot of work to do so mm-hmm. you know those kinds of things do happen and so like i fully intend to come back to those books and publish them one day but i just needed like a couple of years away from them (laughs) before I can go back and try to tackle them. So yeah, just keep writing, know that you're going to have to change things. Um, And I don't know, write what you love, because Mm -hmm. if you don't, you're going to really hate your job and nobody wants to hate their job. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. So, um, and finally, uh, where can, uh, where can our uh, listeners find you? Um, you mean the books or just me? Uh, find the books, find you, find, you know, like, uh, whatever you want to, whatever you want to disclose. All right. Obviously, well, obviously I'm, I'm not you know, like saying like, send us your mailing address. No, you know, like, I'm just, um, you know, where, <laughs> where can they find you in the world of social media? Yeah, I am on, well, my books are all in Kindle Unlimited right now. So mm-hmm. if you are interested or if you're a subscriber to that, you can read them for almost free. Um, and I have strings and ruined on audible and iTunes or Apple books, whatever it's called. I can't remember. Um, and Amazon, uh, social media wise, I'm on Facebook. I think I'm author Kendall gray. I can't remember. Uh, and then I'm also on Instagram, which I'm really getting into, into Instagram lately. It's Me, kind too. Of Me too. Me it, too. It's, it's, it's definitely, 
there's there's a refresh there's a refreshing feeling to it where it's just like you have to create you have to create a post you're not just like just type in little text and everything like you're actually like have to get a picture to go along with it yeah yeah, yeah it's a it's a good feeling just like it, it gets you a little extra extra visibility without the strain of of trying to worm yourself into the mix of where all the politic posts are and you know, mm. all that all that stuff. I agree so, it's nice yeah. because it is it's just it's for me, it's like, okay, I can just put a bunch of book stuff on here and that's it, you know, or I can put other things on there too, but that I like that. It's a good, it's a good platform. Um, exactly. I'm also, you can go to my website, kendallgray.com. It's kind of under construction right now. It's, um, I'm consulting with someone about that. So it doesn't look super pretty, but you know, there's that. And then of course, Amazon, you can follow me there or BookBub or Goodreads or I don't know, all the places. I'm everywhere. Yep. <laughs> And you're and you're here, and thank and thank you so much for being here um, as as the as the latest guest on Excelsior Journey. So um, for all all of you, like I said at the very beginning of this, it's all about make art, not house payments. Stay true to yourself. Tell the stories you want to tell, and by all means, write every single day. Now, granted, I am still trying to do the same thing myself. Um, so I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to all of you. Um, write every day, get the stories you want to tell, put your heart into it, and let it see where it takes you. Um, so with that in mind, for my guest, Kendall Gray, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, Ever Upward. We'll see you next week. <laughs>